Welcome to the Business Resilience Decoded podcast, brought to you by Asphalus Advisors and the Disaster Recovery Journal. Crisis management in today's world is ever-changing, and this podcast is our commitment to help you navigate successful outcomes for any crisis you may face. I'm your host, Vanessa Matthews. I specialize in providing insights and solutions for crisis, continuity, and resilience across industries from real estate and healthcare to terrorism in the airline and transportation worlds. No matter what industry you're in, this podcast will provide you the tools to build resilience in your organization. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Resilience Decoded podcast. I am your host, Vanessa Matthews, and today's podcast title is called Unpacking the Recent Tech Layoffs, What Companies and Candidates Can Learn from Them. This week's guest is Karen Weeks. She is the Chief People Officer of Order Groove, and I am super excited to have her today on the podcast on such a timely topic. Hey, Karen. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's a tough one, but an important one to talk about today. Yeah, I'm super excited. So word has it that um, you just relocated to North Carolina, and um, I'm super excited to have you in our state. Can you share with our, our, our listeners a little bit more about you and your background? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually started in theater, which usually piques people's attention. I was a stage manager, and then we went in LA, out to LA and worked in Hollywood for a few years. And as cool and glamorous and whatever as that was supposed to be, it really wasn't for us. So I had to sort of think about what the heck do I want to do? And so after lots of conversations, I moved into HR. And really for me, it was about creating great experiences for people when they're at work because we all work way too much. And I knew what it was like to be in roles or companies that weren't the right fit and like dreading to go to work. So how could I help people find the right match and help companies create great cultures? And 20 plus years later, here I am at HR still. I absolutely love it. I've had the chance to work for a lot of great companies. My sweet spot has definitely been in tech startups and really kind of focusing on really thinking about what do you want the culture to be? How do you help it evolve as organizations grow and change and how to help make sure you've got the right people in the right roles at the right time, both from the business aspect, but also very, very much from the human individual aspect as well. And so I started Order Group seven years ago as my most recent company and We've grown significantly and very thankful, especially over the last few years, because that has not been the case, as we'll talk more about, and really just trying to make sure that we are building a great place for people to work and able to grow our company at the same time. Awesome. So because I used to be a dog mom, uh, can you talk a little bit more about Order Groove and what you all do? Yes. So my example, because I am also a pet parent, is <laughs> if you go to PetSmart.com and sign up for dog food or cat food or litter or pick your animal of choice, it will ask if you want to sign up for auto ship. And that is Order Groove's technology on PetSmart's website, recognizing that the thing you ordered is eligible for for a repeat delivery, that we probably give you some sort of discount. Like if you sign up for auto ship, that's like, I don't know, 10% off um, so that we get that recurring revenue for PetSmart, but that you as the consumer are knowing that your dog food is going to arrive in the 30 days as you need it. And if you need to shift a little bit, that's okay too, but we're managing all of that pet for PetSmart so that as a consumer, you don't even have to think about it. And for PetSmart, not only is it recurring revenue, it also helps create loyalty. There's tons of studies out there, including our own data that shows 
that people who sign up for repeat delivery or subscriptions are much more loyal to that brand because now I'm not stopping on my way home with some random pet food store to get my dog food. Um, we do it for all retailers, all brands, like pet pet food is just my example because of my lifestyle, but we'll do it for uh, a lot of different big and small brands. Love it. Love it. Awesome. So diving into today's con conversation in recessions, it seems that there's always one or two industries that typically get harder than others. And currently based upon when this podcast will air, it's technology. So with mass layoffs happening from huge companies like Google and HubSpot and Salesforce and Microsoft, the list goes on. What is the pulse check right now within the tech industry from your perspective? Yeah, it's really interesting, especially when you think about the success of some of those companies that you listed. There are companies that have been going strong for a while, like Google isn't suffering as a company, um, or there's companies on the other side like Zoom or Peloton that just got so big so fast during the uh, pandemic and everything that's been happening over the last few years that I think it's a combination of two different things. One, they did sort of hit their ceiling and they either hired ahead of what they needed or what they needed at the time. And now they're sort of getting back into a more steady state. And so they just don't need as many people as they needed during a boom time. And technology is really known for those boom times. And so there's these cycles of that. I think in other places, especially as you know, you're in uncertain markets, whether, whether you want to think we're going towards a recession or not, inflation, like all the things that are happening in the market, companies are also really focused on profitability and do we have the right people in the right roles? Do we really need that team still? Is there a way we can automate that? And so they're looking at, are we spending in the right places and do we have to do that much spending? So it doesn't mean the companies are in trouble. I think they're just looking at their bottom line and figuring out the best way to really organize around that. And I think because tech has a lot of those ups and, ups and downs, I think because during the pandemic, tech obviously came into play a lot because we were all stuck at home. So we really needed technology to help us. Now we're seeing sort of the other side of that. Yeah. So I'm hearing companies are hitting a ceiling. I'm I'm hearing that companies, uh, you know, are thinking about right people, right seats, right things or right roles um, profitability. So mm -hmm. I think in some of this, um, these are some of the reasons why tech companies are doing mass layoffs. Now, I guess my question for you is, do you think that there are measures that could prevent layoffs in the future? Yeah. And I think, you know, order groups a lot smaller than a lot of the companies you just mentioned, but I think one thing that we've always tried to do, which I know at the time sometimes can feel hard for the team that is in the seats is that we really are focused on what do we what do we know we can support from a hiring standpoint. So I've worked for a lot of great companies and some of them have like these huge hiring spikes and like, it's okay, this is what we need today and we'll figure it out later. And it's the figuring out later is now the stuff you're hearing in the news. I think one thing that we've tried to work really uh, hard on, and again, I know we're a lot smaller than those companies that we were talking about, but is what are the milestones we need in order to know that we really need to hire that role? So yeah. if we need, you know, X, what's the client ratio? And that will tell us when we need the next customer success person, or in order to attain those revenue goals based on the trends we've seen so far, that means we need X salespeople um, and really kind of focus on metrics to predict the amount of hiring that we need to do based on what we already know versus what we're sort of guessing for. 
So I think part of it is figuring out your hiring plan and scaling at the right speed. But again, like Zoom just had to hire a ton of people back in 2020 because all of a sudden, like their sites were crashing because they couldn't support the amount of traffic. So I totally get that those spikes in hiring happen. So I think one is just really being diligent and disciplined on hiring and not getting ahead of hiring goals. Um, and then I think also recognizing the difference between layoffs because you just need to cut costs and bring it down versus layoffs because that something didn't end up working right, or you don't need that team anymore. I know Twitter is a very controversial company to talk about. So whether you agree with these decisions or not is separate, but they laid off different departments because they decided that was not going to be a strategic focus of theirs. And so that is sort of a different kind of layoff. That's we're not focusing on that part of the business anymore. And again, in tech, you're trying new things all the time. So you may have tried something and it didn't work out the way you thought. So you're going to bring that back down. Yeah. Well, you touched on this a bit. And I think uh, the comments around COVID and to your point, Zoom staffed up a lot because, you know, we all jumped on Zoom in the middle of COVID and our business models completely changed. And I think Amazon was similar. They mm -hmm. saw a big need during COVID. And I think that because of the quick rollout of, of the vaccine and the push to get folks back in the office or get yeah. back to a hybrid model, I also think that to your point, thinking strategically and, and with predictive uh, metrics, companies probably should also think about what are the trends that are happening in the environment and society and the world thinking about the hiring plan, but also what are the other risk factors that are happening across the regions that we're operating in and how do those things also help us to kind of make a decision about, well, how long will we need these people? Mm -hmm. and what do we do with these roles if we find out that the plan didn't meet what we thought was going to happen? Yes, absolutely. And it's almost like seasonality in retail stores. They hire more at the holidays, but then they're not doing layoffs in January because they were seasonal workers. And again, I know businesses are sometimes more complex than that, but that concept might help people. Oh, yeah. So, you know, in, in my mind, you're the person who I want to be friends with because I'm like, well, who's who's getting hit next? Yeah. Right? So I know. So from your overall perspective, right? What kinds of jobs are the most at risk um, when it comes to mass layoffs, right? Like, is it recruiting? Is it sales? Is it training? Is it resiliency? That's a whole nother thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the, the opposite answer to that is if you are in a revenue generating role, you are probably pretty safe because everybody's trying to up their revenue right now. Um, so sales, client facing roles, like uh, client uh, success who might be responsible for upsells and renewals and retention of clients, those roles might be safer um, because you are directly impacting the bottom line. I think, unfortunately, especially with my uh, HR hat on to all my HR friends, some of the internal shared services teams are getting hit pretty hard right now. You know, if you're not hiring as much, that means you don't need as many recruiters. So that's definitely a role that's that's suffering a lot during these times. Um, and then I think it depends on the company, but I do think some roles um, like engineering and some of those might not be as safer. It really kind of depends on what you're working on because that's, you're not, you are driving revenue. We all know that, but on the balance sheet, you're not driving revenue. Yeah. Um, and then I think to your point, uh, places where they think they could maybe pare down. So if you have a training department, do you need five trainers and can you get away with three trainers? 
um, because those are sadly sometimes things that are seen as nice to have, not again, not critical to the business. Mm. So there's, there's so much I could unpack there, right? (laughs) I'm thinking about in my days of corporate, when I was working with someone and oftentimes they cut leadership and development, Mm -hmm. um, but people leave because of leaders, right? So there's like, there's such a balance and it's so hard. Like, I don't want your job, but I appreciate people like you who, (laughs) who are in there, who are advocating, who are helping to kind of work cross collaboratively with your peers to kind of think through how these decisions come across. So to that point, how do you think companies should communicate internally with employees to stay transparent? Um, Because I think another part of the concern or the risk is we do a layoff, but then how it's communicated or what's communicated um, could be hurtful. And then especially when you have employees who feel like I've been loyal, but my company hasn't been loyal to me. What are your recommendations based on your experience on how to communicate? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This could be its own episode. Just this <laughs> one question. I think there, I always say there's a couple of things, but that's usually because it's the case. It's not an easy, you know, one answer kind of situation, but I think some key things are, first of all, when it comes to communication, help employees understand how a decision was made or why a decision was made. I'm not talking about diving deep into confidential conversations, but I'm saying things like, these are the things that are changing. These are the things that are not changing. Because I think sometimes when people hear about change or see layoffs, understandably, they get scared and everything just feels up in the air. It's the whole who moved my cheese thing from a bunch of years ago, but it's more human than that. It is I do not feel stable right now. And so when I feel unstable, that's when I get nervous. That's when I feel anxious. That's when I get burned out. That's when I might start looking for another job, even though I'm safe. So letting them know, hey, this was the decision that was made. This is why it was made. This is how it's impacting the company. This is how it's impacting or not impacting you. And these are the things we're still focused on. Like we're still trying to hit this metric. We're still trying to do this thing so that people understand that those pieces have not changed. So I think there's the what has changed and why, and then what has not changed. I think the other piece of it is, first of all, never promise something you cannot actually promise. So don't say you're never going to do any layoffs again. You don't, you don't know that nobody knows that the last three years have shown us, we don't know anything. And so like, just say things like to our knowledge at this point, we're hoping this means we don't have to do any more, or there's nothing planned as of right now so that people aren't on their edge so that every time they get a phone call, they're afraid it's bad news, but don't promise something that you then actually can't promise. But really at the end of the day, it should all tie to your company values. So what do you stand for as an organization and use those during the communication? So um, we've been very lucky. We have not had to do mass layoffs. Um, You know, as we were kind of talking about earlier, COVID proved that people need to know that they're getting their dog food, their paper towels, their baby wipes, their vitamins, their everything on a recurring basis. So we were really lucky. But when we do have to make organizational changes, We talk about things like um, one of our values is what you see is what you get. So we're all about authenticity. So to the best as we can, and I know to the person hearing the news, it doesn't always feel this way, but we go into it trying to be as supportive and respectful and thoughtful as possible, because that's one of our values. Like we are going to treat you as an individual human who needs to be supported in that moment. And we will do our best to help you through this tough time or help the team through the tough time. 
one of our other values is we're comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, and so especially during these roller coaster moments, whether it's happening internally or just in the market around us, we talk about how resiliency is part of who we are, that we can deal with ambiguity, that we will ride the roller coaster. Cause again, that's part of our DNA and part of who we are. So we talk about those things on an ongoing basis to remind people like, this is who we are as an organization. It might be scary. It might be stressful. It might be all the things, but we're going to be okay because this is who we are. And so yeah. I think anything you can do to tie to your values, your culture, your mission, anything that will resonate with the team will help with that messaging. Love it. So two things I heard, one is messaging, right? Why, how, and what? And then the other thing I heard, which I love it, are alignment to your values, right? <laughs> and if you stay in alignment to your values, technically speaking, in my opinion, you're mitigating risk. Are there any other things that you feel like employers need to keep in mind in order to be compassionate for their workforce, but also protective of their own brand? Because in my generation, for those of you who are only doing the audio version, you can't see me, but I have my phone in my hand, right? If I get terminated or let go, social media is the first person to find out. And I have no problem in this day and age sharing what happened, why it happened, et cetera. So as you, and in your experience, right, with working with different organizations, what are some of the conversations that you've seen like behind the scenes of if we do this, it impacts brand yes. and how you've been able to kind of help your team around the table with you to kind of rethink some of those things? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think that if you take the time to quote unquote, do it right, it is worth it. So I know sometimes there are going to be people that are looking at the budgets are like, yeah, but that's an extra week of savings that we could get. It's also an extra week of time that we can do it right. And the savings you get by doing it a week early will not be savings if you don't, you misstep. And like you said, it goes on social media, you misstep and someone comes back with a wrongful termination suit. Like with um, go slow in order to go fast or whatever that phrase is, like that is key in these moments. So you don't miss anything, not just literally, like, let me just take a moment and look at the people we're laying off. Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there anything I should be thinking about differently? It's getting the paperwork ready and making sure that everybody has everything they need at the moment that happens. You just let someone go. They no longer have income. They are going to react. That's a hard moment. If you have everything ready for them, paperwork, how to file unemployment, uh, resources for them, like whatever things you can do both literally and lovingly in that moment that will help that moment go as best as possible for the person sitting in front of you. And that will get you so far from a branding, referral, glass door, social media, legal standpoint, because they'll feel like, well, that was horrible, but... I get it. They helped me out. They did the best they could, whatever. Um, so really taking the time to make sure that you've really thought through everything and doing it with the most grace and support as possible. And by the way, I get it. Like you, it's a business too, right? Like I'm not saying give them six months severance for every single person you've ever had. I'm just talking about doing it respectfully and thoughtfully um, so that you are not hurting the business in the process of trying to save the business. Love that. Love that. So last question for you. Um, if a candidate, and I'm going to actually create two questions out of this. So 
if a candidate and or so if a candidate finds themselves in a position where they've been been let go and or if another organization is saying, hmm, we actually need great talent. Mm-hmm. Two questions. What are your recommendations on next steps that a candidate can do to be successful or to land their, their next role or their next thing? Because some people are like, you know what, I'm just going to own my own business and screw it. Right. And then what are your thoughts on how other businesses who actually need that talent that's coming off of the market, what are your thoughts on what they can do to land some of that great talent? Yeah. So I think first of all, from a candidate standpoint, I know it feels really lonely lonely and really personal when it happens to you. The one thing is like, you are not alone. This is not personal. And I don't mean like the the business decision that happened sort of to you. I just mean in the world right now. So I've talked to some people that are like, I don't know if I should talk about it. I'm afraid it's going to look bad. There are thousands of people being let go every single day that's in the news. And that's only the ones that are in the news. So it is not personal for you. So it's okay to say, on LinkedIn, open to work, laid off, let go due to organizational restructures, due to tough markets. Like that's all okay to, to share. Again, as long as you're not bad mouthing, like obviously you need to do it at just with the same respect back to the company that you were hoping they gave you. But it's okay to say those things on LinkedIn, on your resume, in interviews, because it's true. Like you were laid off. That's why you're looking for a new job. And that's okay to share is not a reflection on you, especially in markets like we're going through right now, as we are at the end of February, as we record this. So I think that's one, um, again, I know it feels personal, but knowing that it's not, so don't hide from the fact because it is a fact. That's just why you're out in the market right now. Um, I think the other thing, and this is honestly for both businesses and candidates is building those relationships, doing that networking, doing that outreach. So if you're a candidate, reach out to all your former colleagues, reach out to people that you used to work with, you went to school with your cousin, like whoever I'm out there. This is the kind of role I'm looking for. This is the kind of company I'm looking for. If you know of anyone I should talk to, or if you're willing to make an introduction or you know anyone hiring, just have a lot of those conversations because you never know where they're going to lead. And on the flip side, businesses are trying to do a lot more conversations as well. And there have been list shares. So especially in the recruiting world, a lot of recruiting networking groups will share lists of people who have been laid off. And so other recruiters can go, awesome. I'm looking for engineers. I see that all these engineers were just laid off from X company. I'm going to go reach out to them. Um, So there's been a lot of that kind of sharing behind the scenes that candidates may not know about. Well, that's positive. I did not know that. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. You are a wealth of knowledge. I've learned so many things from you. Um, Before we wrap today, two questions. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? And then second question is, how can our audience and our subscribers find you? Yeah. So I think it is just going back to if you're the company doing layoffs or having tough decisions that you're making, just do it with the amount of support as you can and the thought that you can don't rush through it, even though I know it feels like a pain point at the moment. And then remember that internal team that's quote unquote still with you and making sure that they know that this is why the decision was made, et cetera, um, so that they still feel supported and safe. And then I think from the candidate perspective, you know, it is a tough market out there, but a lot of companies are hiring. Order Groove's hiring in almost every single department. There are plenty of job boards that are still full of jobs. So it's going to be okay. You will find something, you know, hang in there. 
And so if you do want to find me, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm just Karen D. Weeks on LinkedIn. You'll see that I work at Order Groove, so it's a pretty easy way to find me. Um, and then I, that's usually the best way to find me. I do actually have a podcast about job searches and career development and all the things that's called shine at work. And so if you're looking for some tips on if you were laid off or I do episodes as well for companies as they think about different, uh, talent development topics. So check me out there. Awesome. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to the business resilience decoded podcast brought to you by Aspalis advisors and disaster recovery journal. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode to see all the upcoming events, programs, and ways we can support you. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a review, and share it with a friend. Thanks again, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.